Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Ein Aleph in Maseches Babakam. Baruch Hashem, I'm feeling better, but uh, how my stomach doesn't compare to how the whole rest of Klal Yisrael is doing. Maybe that, that it's analogous, but now I'm feeling a lot better. Make Klal Yisrael feel better and have Yeshuas and Nechamas uh, in every way. We look forward to celebrating Simchas, including Barry's uh, grandson got married last night in Lakewood. Andrew's making Shalom Zucker for his grandson in his house tonight. May we all share Simchot. Okay, so this was our Mishnah from Ein Amar and and what's the issue if you steal an animal and sell it on Shabbos? The question is, do you pay dalad v'hei? Okay, if you steal a shor is set. Now, selling it on Shabbos, why wouldn't you pay dalad v'hei? Um, well, first of all, it's not totally unanimous that you don't. Says the Gemara Tanya, we have a price that says putter. If you steal an animal and sold it on Shabbos, you're putter. So maybe that's why we have our Mishnah to say that you're chai of Dalad Vahey. Because there's a, there's a b'risa that contrasts. Well, what would be the difference? Amar Rami Bar our famous Rami Bar Chama says, Kitanya yi de pater, That the case where in the b'risa it says that you're pater is a very unusual case. It's where the, a buyer says to a, the thief, cut for yourself a fig from my tree. Okay? And then... Uh, and then I'll acquire it. Particularly Geneva Seich. I'll acquire your Geneva. Okay. Well, cutting, that's a malacha de oraisa, cutting off the fig. And therefore, it is for that reason that in the brisa, the thief doesn't pay, which is to say, at the time that he's thieving, that he's stealing the fig, he's also violating a malacha de oraisa, Shabbos, which is supposed to get killed for. And that really is the reason why he's potter, because of the concept of what? Kim Because of the concept that when faced with having to make a monetary payment, the, the, the famous idea that when you have to make a monetary payment, but you also are facing the death penalty, we don't, as we've learned many times, um, exert both punishments, but rather only the death penalty and then the, um, and then the payment is something that we don't expect you to do. As we will see, this is not Everybody's shita, but that's uh, the prevalent shita, the famous concept of Kimele uh, That's the case in the Brisa. However, Phil, the Mishnah, in the Mishnah, he didn't violate a Brisa um, a Malacha on Shabbos. He simply sold it on Shabbos, which is not a, which is a, essentially a Darabanan. That is not going to be a death penalty uh, incurring Avera, and therefore there is no Kimele. That's Rahim Barhamas. Reconciliation of the Brisa and the Mishnah. However, the Gemara says, "Amri Yeah, but if the buyer will sue the Ganav for, the, then we won't say go pay him. The Mechayev Benavshahu, right? It says like this, right? The, the, it again, since the buyer will say that. That we that we since the buyer in that particular case told the thief to to take it, he will not be then the thief will not be chayev right because after all right the mechayev nafshahu because again because of kimle he's chayev misa hamachir and ami love machirhi so here too in our mishnah maybe the sale should also for the same reason that we're not going to punish him right for the and make him pay because of kimle we also for that same reason 
uh, say that the sale is invalid, right? Because how do we allow that agreement to go through if it's not going to be mutter? El Amar of Papa, Sir of Papa reconciles for the following. Right? So he says, throw it into my chatzah. And that is how I'm going to acquire it. How does that help? Kiman, Karebi Akiva. That is according to Rabbi Kiva, the Amar Kluta Kamisha and Chodamis. Now we're going back to all the Gemaras we learned in Shabbos, where Rabbi Kiva says that when something is in the airspace, it's as viewed as if it's come to rest, which is to say everything that's thrown is looked like a series of uh, Akira and Hanacha, as it were, right? That it's resting. The, and that is why you're going to be Chayiv in the case of what? This is the biblical prohibition of Hotzah, right? This is, Hotzah is one of the Malachas, but only if you hold like Rabbi Kiva. Why? Says the Gemara, the Iker because if you said it was like the Rabbanan who say that you basically look at the place of Akira and then the and then the Hanacha, you will be um, then you won't be exempt from Dalvei. Why? Because Kevin the Mata the Beisokana. Because as soon as that sto- stolen animal, right, that he took reaches the airspace of its Chatzer, then the buyer acquires it. So. So what? Why is it? Why is it uh, not chayiv? Because leinin shabbos lo mechayiv at the matula ara. Because when it comes to being mechalal shabbos, you need what? All of the components as we learned in hotzas in the very very first daf of Maseches Shabbos. All of the right um, to violate the prohibition of hotzah, you need to have the component of akira right lifting it, and then hanacha landing on the ground, and therefore. With respect to the Chiyav Shabbos that's going to incur the death penalty, the, this thing, this item has got to land, okay? And, okay, so therefore, with respect to the death penalty, it didn't land yet. With respect to stealing, right, there's a different threshold. So it's a fascinating idea, Andrew, where you're looking at this object flying through the air. The object has an Akira, it's being lifted off the ground. It has three stages, essentially. Lifted off the ground, passing through another domain, and then landing on the ground of the chatzar. Well, the theft happens when it passes through the domain, because then it's already shino yirishos, as we say, right? Because then it's already changed uh, rishuyos. But, but the violation of Shabbos doesn't take place until it lands, at least according to the Rabbanan. Because according to the Rabbanan, you have to have the, both the, what's called the akira, the liftoff, and the anacha, the landing. And you need to go through that entire process in order to be chayavotzah. So according to the Chachamim, the, it will not be a simultaneous, right, uh, incurrence of the chiyuv, of both the stealing and the Shabbos, and therefore you will be chayav dal v'hei. Whereas opposed to Rabbi Kiva, every single motion is like, uh, uh, like an akira and a hanacha, and therefore you can say that it passes through the domain simultaneously with the theft, and according to him, he'll be pater. Oh. So that, so the, the fact that it would only work according to Rabbi Kiva makes it a problem because we want it to, to actually work according to the Rukhachamim uh, as well. So the Gemara says, no, the case is, but it might be that the Bryce is saying that that was a stipulation where the buyer says, you're not going to be, right, that I don't want you to be Kona until it rests on the ground. Well, by doing that, he essentially turns Rabbi Kiva into the Rukhachamim also. Right, and, and therefore it is for that reason that it is simultaneous, and therefore you'd be potter from the dal vehe. Okay, now we're going to back to Rami Barchama, and we're going to say it like this, because we had an objection to Rami Barchama, and we said, Rava, Amar, Rava comes to Rami Barchama's 
uh, defense. And these are our two favorite, uh, I mean, favorites. We play favorites a little bit. Two favorite guys, Rami Barchama, Phil is Shirish Mitman's PhD thesis. We don't have time for it now. But, but uh, Rami Barchama is, is one of the brightest. Rav, we had Rav and Rami Barchama together before. When they get together, there's no way to, no, no way to, uh, to overthrow them. It can't, doesn't get any better than this. What does what is, what is Rav say to reinstate Rami Barchama's position? He says, Esnan Asra Torah Filu Baal Imo. What was the case of that? Right? That, again, Rami Barchama said that the Bryce is talking about where the thief, right, uh, that, that what triggered the sale was cutting off a fig from a fig tree, right? But we said that the sale itself shouldn't work, right? Because of the Kimla of the Rabbinay, that if the trigger of the, of, of the, of the fig is Asr Midar Raisa, then the sale is going to be not, is not going to work. However, we have cases, says Rava, where it, even though the sale does not work, right? The, even though, even though, rather, the sale is coming at the peril of a violation, orisa, the sale still does work. That's the issue, right? Again, the, the objection to, right, the objection to Rami Barhama was that the, if the, that if the person doesn't have to pay, then the sale itself shouldn't have to work, right? Because again, the sale, if it was, tri- if it was, if it was what triggered it, then the sale should not have worked either. The answer is that's not true. That, Sales can work, even in a scenario, says Rava, where there is a violation midoraisa. How so? Because the idea of Esnan Zona, which we saw last week, right, this is uh, an unbelievably uh, right, degenerate behavior here, where somebody, right, is, is consorting with his mother and paying an Esnan Zona. Can you, in that case, right, bring it, use it as a, as a korban? Okay, that, that's the question, right? You're not, you're not, you can't bring an Eslan Zona as a korban, meaning that you took an animal, you paid that to a Zona, right, as her wage, okay? Can you then take that animal and bring it as a korban? That's the crazy case of Eslan Zona. Well, the Torah says that you're not supposed to give it. Now, what if the said Zona is his mother? Well, then that zona is not only a abomination as far as the behavior, but it's also a violation, midoraisa, of incest, otherwise known as arias, as we've discussed. So can you then say, well, since it's a violation of arias, so then the actual sale of Esnan Zona becomes invalid, so insofar as the behavior is just about as deviant and debased as it possibly could be, since the person is with his mother, right? Thanks for, by the way, making us go back to, to these two dots, Andrew. So, so since the person is, uh, insofar as the behavior is the worst it could get and it's a violation of Arias, so that's the worst thing in the world, right? However, when it comes to Estan Zona, that violation of bringing the carbon that was used as a payment for a harlot may not work. Why? May not be a problem anymore. Why? Because of the fact that he violated incest, he violated Arias, and that should invalidate the sale. In other words, maybe, right? In other words, it doesn't, should no longer have, right, that uh, status of an Esnan Zona, which you can't bring as a carbon. So ironically, because he was more of a degenerate 
and that not only did he go to a harlot, but he even went to his, the harlot ha- happened to have been his mother. So ironically, because of that, the animal maybe could be brought as a korban because that payment, which he gave his mother for her services, may have actually not taken hold as a valid transaction because of the fact that it was incestuous, okay? That's the suggestion. Oh, so the Gemara says, Okay, so let's say this whole thing goes down, right? The guy pays his, uh, the guy has incest with his mother, Rahman al Sun pays her with this animal and then brings it as a korban. So the Gemara, Now, the mother then takes her son to court. He said, wait a minute, you promised me the animal. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, I brought it as a korban. Well, what do we say? Would we say you have to pay your mother? Says the Gemara, certainly not, right? We wouldn't say that he has to pay her because after all, right, he did incest with her. He doesn't know her anything. That was the Isra, the Arisa of Arias. Says the Gemara, But even though we will not pay her with this money, Right, we'll not pay her with this animal if she were to take him to court for the animal as payment. If he did, in fact, give it to her as payment, it's still considered payment. Which is to say, Andrew, despite the fact that there is a violation, Midar Raisa here, of incest, the payment and the item still has a status as a payment. It doesn't violate it. So that is going to be true here too. This is Rava's proof that Rami Rachama was on the ball because right, so here too even though that with respect to compensating for the fig right if if the buyer will sue the right the ganav for the fig because that was supposed to be the compensation we won't say go pay him because giving him the fig violated an isadar rice of cutting off right so Again, the, there, he was going to exchange an animal for a fig, and that fig was going to be obtained by an Isidar Rais on Shabbos. And so typically we would say, of course don't, you don't owe him that fig because you never are expected to pay, uh, to pay with your right, Isidar Raisa that's punishable by death. However, but when he does transfer the stolen animal in exchange for the fig, we still would consider it to be a sale. So just like by Esnan Zona, it's the sale is valid despite the fact that there's an Isra Daraisa. So says Rava, here too, the sale of the, and the exchange of the animal for the fig is going to be valid despite the fact that there's an Isra Daraisa of Kotzer, right, of, of, uh, of plucking the fig off the tree on Shabbos. And for that reason, you could say that Rami Bahamas Pshad is in fact correct, Rava says, um, that that could be the, the, the difference between the Brisa and the Mishnah, be that as it may, right? We're, we're going to say that if there's a violation, so then you don't have to pay Dalad Vahey. But if there's no violation, it's just a Mechira, as our Mishnah says, so you would have to pay Dalad Vahey. So again, we're talking about more cases where uh, you have uh, unique cases of we, where we have to ask, as our Mishnah said, do you or do you not have to pay dollar hey, In a case of a sale, there are on Shabbos, you would. In a case of an Isidar Raisa, it still would be considered a sale, as Rav just explained, but you would not have to pay dollar hey. Okay, very interesting. Now, the, we continue with two, dots, uh, two lines down on Ayin Amad Aleph, and we say, So there we said also, you pay dollar hey. In this particular case, Right, as we already know, you take you steal the ox and then you either right and let's say you shecht it, you cube it, so to speak, on Yom Kippur. So that's an iser. Says the Gemara, Amai. 
why are you right going to have to pay dalad behay as the Mishnah says when you dice it on yom kippur after all need to cut laleka i can understand that dicing an animal on Yom Kippur, unlike on Shabbos, dicing it on Yom Kippur is not going to be an Iser de Araisa where you're going to be Chayev Misa. However, even though you don't get killed, Nahid the Katlaleka, we don't kill you, Malkus Miha Ika. There's an Iser Lav, and therefore, right, the Torah says don't do it, and therefore you're going to get the de Araisa Malkus penalty. You get Malkus. Okay, so what? Says the Gemara, and it is commonly understood. That a person who receives Malchus de Arisa also has a Kimle Bidrabine idea that a person who gets Malchus should only get Malchus and not have to pay. In other words, our Mishnah, and this we learned in Subas, we'll see it was at Shem at one point in Malchus, a person, right, uh, does not, we saw it in Subas Lamed Beis, a person who gets Malchus de Arisa and, a, get, and incurs a Chiv Maman at the same time also has this idea of Kim that you only get the Malkus, you don't have to make the payment. And therefore the question is, a person who is Tavachu Machar, a person who cubes the animal on Yom Kippur, which is an Isser Malkus de Raisa, why does he have to pay Dalad Vehei? That's the question. So the Gemara, Amri, how many are we here? Right? The only way you could explain our mission is to say that it is in accordance with the Shita of Rabbi Meir, because Rabbi Meir is unlike the normative Halacha, so to speak, he holds the Omar Loka Mishalim, where Meir holds that you get both. You have to get the Makos and you have to pay that despite the fact that you incur an Isser Makos by dicing the animal on Yom Kippur, you still have to pay. And it is for that reason, because our mission is in accordance with the Shita of Rabbi Meir, that we hold that the Mishnah holds that you have to pay Dal Vahey, even if you cubed it and uh, incurred the Dal Vahey, right, um, on Yom Kippur itself. So the Gemara says, wait a minute, E Rabbi Meir, feel the Shabbos. Yeah, but if, it's, if our mission is like Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir shouldn't care, right? He holds that, and this is, this we'll see soon, uh, he basically holds, Rabbi Meir, by saying that you're a loke mishalem, we assume that he also holds that even when you get the death penalty, that in every single case, that if you, if you slaughter a stolen animal on Yom Kippur or on Shabbos, Rabbi Meir is going to hold that what? You're going to be chayiv, to pay as well. He simply does not hold of the idea that when you get Malkus or when you get Misa, that you're exempt from payment at all. As you see in the first narrow line in Rashi, this is in the sheet of Rameir, the Alpha Gav the Ikachi of Misa, right? That even under the penalty of death, right, you still are Mishalem. That's the sheet of Rabbi Meir. Well, that's a Shakasha, because our Mishnah continues to say that if it's on Yom Kippur, you have to pay Dalad Vehei, but if it's on Shabbos, you don't have to pay Dalad Vehei. So is our mission like Rabbi Meir or not? Okay, says the Gemara, maybe you're going to say that Rabbi Meir simply splits the difference. Maybe Rabbi Meir's shita is that when you get Malkus, then you still do have to pay, as in Yom Kippur. But when you get the death penalty, you don't have to pay, as in Shabbos. Says the Gemara, Velo, is that really what he holds? But we have the following, a straight up explanation of our very case. Person stole, you know, a Shoraseh, on Shabbos and then diced it. Gone of a tabach or he did so. So again, Shabbos is an iser uh, misa, right? That or the avodah If you're doing it for the sake of avodah zara, that's also an iser misa. Gone of shor or you steal an ox that that is supposed to get stoned, right? An ox that did one of the uh, violations, for example, was involved in bestiality and all of this, where it's supposed to be what? No iser hana. 
uh, there's a, there is an Isser Hanar, rather. No, you're not allowed to have any Hanar from it, and you're supposed to stone it. And so you slaughtered it. Um, you then stole it and slaughtered it. In all of those cases, says the Bryson, Misham, Arab, Chamisha, Diver, Mayor. In all those cases, Vermeer says that you pay Dalit Vahey. So let's put the Shor Aniskal aside for a second. But you see that whether you did it for Shabbos or whether you did it for the sake of Avodah Zarah, where that was part of the Avodah Zarah, to dice up this animal, so you still have to pay Dalit Vahey, despite the fact that you have an Isra Misa. So we see that if it were our mission were according to Rabbi Meir, then regardless of whether you did it on Yom Kippur, where there's an Isra Malkus, or whether you did it on Shabbos, where there's an Isra Mitzah, you shouldn't have to pay. And yet our Mishnah splits the difference. It says that if you do it on Yom Kippur, you do, right? If you do it on Yom Kippur, you do have to pay. And if you do it on Shabbos, you do not. So Rabbi Meir seems to be of the opinion that no matter what, you're going to have to pay. The Chachamim Potrin. And in that price, uh, the Chachamim say that, no ma- that in those cases that there is Kim and you do not have to pay. So it sounds like Rameir says categorically that Loka and Misa still will have the Dalad uh, Behei payment. And therefore, who is the author of our Mishnah? Our Mishnah again says that on Yom Kippur you have to pay Dalad Behei and on Shabbos you don't. So who's the author? Amri, the Gemara says, Bar Minah Dehahi. First of all, don't let this Brisa distract you and complicate the issue. Leave it out. Leave it out. What you, why? Because regarding that particular brysa, it's an outlier. Because we had said, with regards to that brysa, the following explanation. I'm Rabbi Yaakov, I'm Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan explained that particular brysa as follows. And some say, I'm Rabbi Yochanan, I'm Rabbi Lakish. Some say it was in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. Some say it was in the name of Rabbi Lakish. As follows. Rabbi Avin, Rabbi Ilah, B'kol Chavutu Mishmeid, Rabbi Yochanan, Amri. Okay. So Rabbi Lakish quoted Rabbi Avin, Rabbi Yochanan, all of Rabbi Yochanan's chavra said in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, the following. That Bryce is a very unique case. That that Bryce is talking about where, the, where he sent the shliach to slaughter the animal. Okay. Well, that would explain why Rabbi Meir says that even though there's a chiv misa, that you would have to pay dal vehei. We're going to get to all the questions because that makes the Bryce weird. But again... With respect to at least Kimle, but so far we understand why we're we mayor. You have to, okay, let's ask some of the questions right now. Okay. If a person sends a shliach to go dice it on Shabbos, right, and to violate the Isra Shabbos, so then the questions abound. First of all, I, the only thing that's resolved now is why would a mayor say that you have to pay? Because now the person who shechted it on Shabbos and has the violation isn't the same person that stole it. So now, of course you still have to pay because it's not Kimlai because it's not the same person. But the only other question is, if it's not the same person, then is there really Dalad Vahey, as the Gemara is going to ask? Meaning, Dalad Vahey assumes that the same person that stole it, right, is the person that shechted it, right? And that's why he's Chayev Dalad Vahey. If somebody else shechted it, then why would you be Chayev Dalad Vahey? Also, why would the Rabbanan say that, they're, that, they're, that he's Pater? So, let's see that inside. Okay, so now we're in the middle of this Bryce that makes no sense. Right away, the Gemara asks, how can you say that you're even chayv dal v'hei altogether in a case like this? If you're saying a case where one guy uh, steals the animal and a second guy, someone else, slaughters it. Isn't it supposed to be that the, first, that the same person that steals it slaughters it and it is in, only in that situation you're chayv dal v'hei? Says the Gemara, I'm a rabbi, shiny hacha. Yeah, even, it, even though it is true, we're having a brilliant idea here. I'm so biased, it's getting ridiculous. But even though it is true that typically 
you would have you would think that the same person that steals it is the same person that dices it in order to be chayiv dalvehei. There's a special pasuk by dalvehei where that's not so. Where if you steal it, and then even if someone else shechts it as a again shliach, mind you, it's not like somebody else random came and shechted. You send it even if you steal it and send a shliach to shechted, you're going to be chayiv dalvehei. So dalmakra because the pasuk says utvachal o macharo. Okay, well we know that that's what the pasuk says. That's the pasuk. That's the classic. Right, uh, source of this idea of Dal says the Gemara, as Rav explains, just like, right, when a person sells the animal, by definition, there's a seller and a buyer, in other words, right? So there's three people in this Mechira situation always. Why? Because there's the original owner, then there's the thief, and in order to be Chayav and Tavav Kumachar, the thief has to do what? Sell it to somebody else. Okay, so that's the third person. So just like that's true of Mechira, that can also be true of Tevicha. That even there, there can, be, there, there can be three people. That's the sort of like Gezer shava, if you will, of the, of the Pasuk. The Chiddush of the Pasuk is that even in Tevicha, there can be three people. Whereas normally, you think Tevicha is different than Mechira. It's only two people. It's the thief, and then the thief, right? There's the owner, and then the thief, and then the thief is the one that dices it. No, that even there, if you have a owner and then a thief, and then the thief gives a shaliach, like gives it to his sheikh to dice it, even there, the thief will be chayav dal Just like when he sells it to, to a third party, he's going to be chayav dal So too, when he has a third party shakhtit, he's going to be chayav dal That's how Rava reads the Pasuk. And therefore, even in that case, you would have the issue of being chayav, right, dal Well, that kind of explains it now. Wait a minute. The third party is the one that shechted it. So that's the guy that did it on Shabbos and therefore he's the one that has the chi of Shabbos. And the thief has the chi of Dalat and he doesn't have the chi of Shabbos because there's no kimle because he's not the one that violated it on Shabbos. That's great. That makes sense, Rabbi Mayer. Uh, a couple of other um, possible sources for where this halacha is taught. Right? Because again, the Pesach says, that word, O, Tells you that the shliach is can also that even if you have a shliach shechted you can be chayev and the vechiskiyat tana tachas l'rabbos is a shliach with the word tachas right tvachol machor chamisha bakar yeshalem tachas hashor the word tachas is teaching you can do a shliach there's maybe we have three different potential sources for the idea that even when you have a shliach um, right shechted for you um, you're going to be chayev the dal behei okay so this is pshat with the mayor everything works great. Uh, but Marzutra doesn't think so. Matkif la Marzutra. Marzutra is incensed. He, he's objecting to all of this. Marzutra uses the following logic. He's like, follow, follow me with the logic on this, right? In other words, if he had, right, should he be chayev this money? Do we ever have such a case where if he had done it himself, he's not going to be chayv, right? Because again, if the Ganav had shechted this animal himself, he would not be chayv the money because of the fact of Kimli the Ravimine, because he's chayv the Raisa, Misa, for shechting on Shabbos. Okay, so he would not have been chayv the money. So do we ever say that in a case where if he had done so himself, he wouldn't be chayv the money? But ironically, if he has a shaliach, do it on his behalf, he all of a sudden is chayv the money? Right, he's chayv the money. If he had done it by bichvod of by himself, he wouldn't be chayv the money. So what are you going to say? If he gives it, has a shaliach do it, all of a sudden he is chayv the money? Amalei Ravashi, hasam lav mishum delo mechayv, who el dekim Ravashi says, uh, Marzutra, you got it all wrong. 
It's not like he's not chayv the money in a case where he does it himself, and then when he sends the shliach, he is chayv the money. That's, that's the wrong way of looking at it. In the lambdas, the underpinnings here is that, of course, he's chayv. In both cases, he would be chayv. It just happens to be that if he himself shechted it, then superimposed on top of the fact that he's chayv is this idea of Kim Lebedarabine that he's also going to get the death penalty. And it is for that reason that he doesn't pay. But otherwise, of course, he would pay. In other words, it's not like there's no chiv, Ravashi is saying. There is a chiv. So therefore, it does follow logically. It just happens to be a technicality why he doesn't pay when he himself is the one that was toveach. Okay. So now the Gemara says, my time of the Yeah, that's a really good question. We did such a good exam, uh, job of explaining Rabbi Meir that now we don't understand why Rabbanu would say it's putter. Again, according to Rabbi Meir, the reason why the Ghanav is Chayv Dal is because we have this special halacha that if a person steals it and has somebody else checked it on his behalf, that it, uh, he's still Chayv Dal And so if he does so at Shabbos, then despite the fact that the person who shechted it is Chayv Midor Raisa, there is no Kimla Bid and the person who stole it should be Chayv Dal That makes perfect sense. Why then would the abundance say that he's not Chayev Dalvehe? He isn't even the one that is getting the death penalty. So what exempts him from Dalvehe? Says the Gemara, Amri, Man Chachamim, Rabbi Shimon. So the Gemara says, yeah, in that b'risa, uh, we have Rabbi Meir, and then we say the Chachamim, but the Chachamim is a very specific shita. The shita is Rabbi Shimon. The Amar, because Rabbi Shimon holds shita she'ena ra'uya lo shema shita. Ah, that we already saw, right? We saw it yesterday, that, that the shita that is mechayevu, dal vehei, has to be a kosher shechita, okay? So if a person, let's say, steals an animal and then shoots it in the head, he's not chayev dal vehei. What if he steals an animal and shechts it and it's found, the, and, right, the ox or the se is found to be treif? Also, right, he's not going to be chayev dal vehei. In other words, it has to be a kosher shechita, shechita kashero. Well, guess what? According to the Chachamim, they hold, right, that if the Shechita is done on Shabbos, it's not a Shechita Kashera, and therefore, you are indeed going to not be Chayav Dal Vehei for that reason. It has nothing to do with Kimli B'Durabimine, but rather the Shechita is not the type of Shechita that is Mechayav Yudal Vehei. Wow, that's Rabbi Shimon. May would not agree with this, but that's Rabbi Shimon. So wait a minute. Amri, Bishlema, they said, Bishlema Vodazara Vishohan Niskal Shechita Shena Ruyahi. Let's uh, let's look at this a little cl- closer. Is this really a shechita that isn't ruya? Phil, let's gonna say this outside. Let's gonna say this outside. I just pull a fast one on you. I told you that shechita that's done on Shabbos is a shechita saying ruya, and for that reason you're not chayav dal vehei. But Andrew's looking at me. He's like, what's wrong with the shechita? In other words, it's an iser daraisa. That's for sure. But the animal's kosher. The chalaf was kosher, right? The knife was kosher, right? The shechita was done properly. So how is this a shechita she'ena ruya? In other words, can you sell this in the store? Is this a shechita ruya or a shechita she'ena ruya? So we said, oh, because you did it on Shabbos, it's shechita she'ena ruya. I mean, you weren't allowed to do it, but the shechita itself, the animal, might still be kosher if you were to sell it. Would it be or would it not be? That's the topic right now. Says the Gemara, shechita, so if you did it again, by Avodah Zarah, again, the idea with Avodah Zarah would be that the whole idea of the way this Avodah Zarah is done is you do the Avodah Zarah by shechting this animal. Well, that certainly is an Isra Dara that's a Yarival Yavor, and that Shechita we can't count. But if you do it on Shabbos, maybe it is a Shechita Ruya. How so? Ditnan. Because we have a very famous mission in Chulun that says, Sheira. 
Right? When we learn Chulin Bezat Hashem, we'll see, right, that practically, that even though halachically, it's an Isidar Rice and a terrible Avera to Shechel and Shabbos and Yom Kippur, and Yerchayev Misa, however, it's a valid Shechita, in, in theory, one could eat uh, this, potentially. Could one eat it? Well, that goes to the very famous sugya of Maisa Shabbos, which we've already learned in Ksubis. Famous sugya of if uh, Shabbos been vi- was violated in the act of, if Shabbos was violated in the act of, let's say, Shechting, Isra are you allowed to eat that thing? So that was the three of Machlokas, as you might recall, as follows. Amri, Sablakam, Yochanan HaSandler. Famous sheet of Yochanan HaSandler. The Tnan, the Tanya, it's a Brysa, really, it's a. Uh, Okay, so let's call it a b'risa. Hamivashal b'shabbos. This is what they call ma'isa shabbos. Person cooks on shabbos. That's an isodor raisa, Andrew. You're not supposed to cook on shabbos. B'shogeg yochal. So what if you cooked by shogeg? Okay, so then you could eat it. B'meizid lo yochal. Again, he can't eat it. He can't eat what he cooked if he cooked it uh, intentionally by violate and, and and so violated an isodor raisa. That's diver Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Yehuda Meir b'shogeg yochal b'motzei shabbos. That even if you cooked it b'shogig, you can eat it, but not until after Shabbos. You can't eat it on Shabbos itself. But mezid lo yochal alamis. And if you did it on purpose, then you can't eat it forever, right? It sounds like Rameir was saying that only on Shabbos you can't eat it. Whereas Rebuda holds that if you did it b'mezid, then you can't ever eat it. And Rebuchanan has Sandler, the aforementioned Rebuchanan Sandler, holds Omer b'shogig yochal alamis Shabbos, right? So b'shogig, you can. Uh, and then, again, according to Rebuda, it's referring to the person who cooked it, okay? Rabbi Yochanan Sandler has the most macham yeshita. He says, if you did a b'shogeg, then after Shabbos, you have to wait till after Shabbos to eat it, right? And then, lacherim v'lo lo. But even on Motzei Shabbos, the person who cooked it can never eat it, right? Only his family, others, can eat it on Motzei Shabbos. And b'mezid, lo yachel olamis, lo lo v'lo lacherim, the most macham yeshita. If a person cooks something on Shabbos, it's called Maisa Shabbos. Uh, that food is usher for everyone, forever. Not for him, not, right? Yo, I mean, not for everyone. Non-Jews can eat it, but no Jew can ever eat this Maisa Shabbos, according to Yochanan Sandler. Not on Shabbos, not after Shabbos. Oh. So once you say that, once you say that we hold like Yochanan Sandler, okay, so now this animal is forbidden forever, and then maybe you're going to say that the Shechita is also forever. Says the Gemara, my time with the Yochanan Sandler, what's his Shechita? Kedadar Shabchia Apiskadavedesiyah. Just like uh, Rav Chia said when he gave that famous shear at the house of the Nasi. What was the shear? Ushmartam is Shabbos ki kodesh lochem. Keep Shabbos because it's kodesh. Just like you can never eat something that is, right, mukdash for the base of mikdash, so too anything that you, right, violated the Shabbos in order to prepare, like something that was cooked for Rechman al-Zan on Shabbos, is also b'achila. But you might say that, you know, that which is, uh, consecrated is not only Asr Bachila, it's also Asr Bahana in general, so too that should be for my son. Well, we have the Pasuk of Lachem to teach you that the, the, that the Hekdish is for you, Shalachem here, that that implies that Shabbos you can have Hana. Okay? And Yachal Afilu Bishogig, what about Shogig? There's a Pasuk by Shabbos that if you're violated, it sounds like you're violating her, but it's only then that you're going to be. Right, that 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 you're not going to be able to have it. So we compare it to hekdesh, and then we back off a little bit. Right, we compare it to hekdesh in the sense that it's aser b'achila, but we back off with regards to iser hana, and also right with regards to the uh, the shogig versus mezid issue. Okay, so now that you said that, so we say 
That's the shita. That's the source of the shita. Rabbi Yochanan the Sandler that it's aser, not behana, right, and not if it's b'shogeg, but if you do it b'mezid, it's aser for everyone forever. Fine. So says the Gemara. Pligi ba ravacha barbina chadam ramaisa shabbos dor raisa chadam ramaisa shabbos dor banan. Regards to the shita of Yochanan the Sandler that says that it's aser for everyone b'achila forever. There was a machlokus within that shita whether it's an iser dor raisa dor banan. Mandam dor raisa kita amran. He who said it's Daraisa, it's from all the Psukim that we just aforementioned, quoted. However, Umanda Amar Darabaran, Amar Kra Kodeshu, He Kodesh, Ve'ein Maseh Kodesh. Right? So, so from the Darabaran, you say that, yeah, Kodeshu, it's like Hekdesh. Shabbos itself, however, is Kodesh. But the Maaseh Shabbos, which is to say the products of violation of Shabbos, are not like Hekdesh. And therefore, all of the aforementioned Isurim that we mentioned are not coming from the Pasuk, but rather they're coming from what? A derabanan. It's all Isur and derabanan, not having to do with the pasuk. He interprets the pasuk differently. Says Gemara Bishleim I can understand if you say deraisa, right? So it's because of lahachi pachir banan. That's why the derabanan say that you're not high of dalvehe. In other words, I can understand that you're pachir dalvehe. Again, we are all, we're saying that this idea of the shechita. You're going to be pachir dalvehe if the shechita is a ma'isa shabbos, but that only makes sense if it's deraisa. Right, but if you're going to say the only violated was a derabanan, so why are the derabanan going to pot you from Dalvehe? Says the Gemara Ashara, well, because they don't hold, right? They're talking about the other two cases of mayor. They're not talking about the idea of Maisa Shabbos, because after all, we had three cases in the Brisa. We had Maisa Shabbos, we had the Shorhan Niskal, and we had the Shor of Vodazara. So it is true that Maisa Shabbos, according to Yochanan and Sandler, you're going to be right. Um, Potter from Dal Vehei, but if it's Durabanan, you're going to be high of Dal Vehei. However, Avodazara Vishar Niskal, but Avodazara Vishar Niskal are the ones where they're going to say you're going to be Potter Dal Vehei, not so Maisa Shabbos if you hold that it's indeed Durabanan. Okay. So now, three lines down, we ask your mayor, am I Mechaif Shochet Avodazara? But with respect to the other issues of the Brisa, why does your mayor say, right, that you're Chayev Vishochet Avodazara? Came a Shochet Porta, Asra. The question here is, is it really simultaneous? Which is to say like this. What's, how do you violate this Avodah Zarah? They say, shechting this animal is the actual act of Avodah Zarah in this case. So, as soon as you start shechting it, you don't have to have like all of the steps of shechita. As soon as you start, Yechai Avodah Zarah. Right, so as soon as he starts to make the first incision, he's already chayiv, and at that point, it's an Aser Bahana. Because as we know, Things that uh, you use for Avodazara have an Isarna on them. Oh, <coughs> says the Gemara, Velo Demari Katavach. Right? Once it has an Isarna, it's as if it doesn't belong to you anymore. And there, the entire Tvicha, the rest of the Shechita, is on an animal that's not yours, and therefore you shouldn't be Chayav Dal Vehei anymore. Right? It's already out of your jurisdiction. And so, how does this work? Why are you going to be Chayav for Shechita for Avodazara? Says the Gemara, Marava Baomer, Bigmar's Vicha Uavda. Well, you made the special dispensation. You said this must be a case where the act of Avodah Zarah for this animal is not complete until the Shechita is complete. Well, if that's the case, then it makes perfect sense because then the Shechita of Avodah Zarah is simultaneous with the full Shechita and it's for that reason that you're going to be put to Dal Vehei. Okay. How about Shor HaNiskal? Right? Shor that's supposed to be Chayev to be stoned. Isur HaNanu. There too, there's an Isur Hana, Lav Damari Katabach. And there too, therefore, because of the Isur Hana, when you're doing the Tvicha, you're not doing a tvich on your own shore, and therefore you shouldn't be chayav dal vehei. So I'm a rabba hachamai. Skin and kodesh shomer, vizig beis shomer, a wild case. 
where the owner of the ox gave it to a shomer and it killed the person while it was in, while it was in, in the custody of the shomer. So all of the testimony about the murder of the, that the ox did and all of the verdict, everything went down while it was under the jurisdiction of the shomer. How so? How does this all add up as follows? It says the Gemara, so like Rabbi Yaakov, Dhamma, Af, Mishnigmar, Dino, Ichzer, Shomer, Labayle, Muchzer. That Rabbi Yaakov holds, right, that even once uh, the verdict sentencing the animal to death goes down, if in fact the Shomer returned it to the owner, it's considered returned. What do you mean? Yeah, that's what Rashi says. That it's an unusual thing, right, that so long as the animal is still extant and hasn't been killed yet, even though it's been signed, sealed, and delivered in verdict to lay down, right, he can say, you know what, I don't want to have anything to do with this animal. Uh, Shomer can return it, as long as the animal's still there, to the original owner, and it goes back. Well, uh, you have to also hold one other thing on top of that, which is, like, uh, that again, something that causes, that can cause a grama, so to speak, with money, is considered money. What's that case? That was that we'll learn soon next week. Bezat Hashem and Dafayin Dalad. It's not. We're going to learn in the Mishnah. Rabbi Shimon Omer, Kachim Shachai Bechayus and Chayev. Alma Daver Garmin the Mamun Kamamun Dummy. Kachim Shachai Bechayus is like this: A thief steals from someone, and right, it's an animal that was already Mukdash, and then he shechts it. Okay, so now he bears responsibility. He's Chayev Dalvehe. Why is he Chayev Dalvehe? Because he's causing a money benefit because after all by doing so now he doesn't the, the other animal right he saves the original owner the um, the need to have to pay the need to have to pay and therefore that has a monetary value and that's considered like mammon so once you say that that, has, that is considered like mammon and the fact that that is the case, right, where you stole it from the house of the Shomer and then shechted it, that's how you put together uh, the brisa to make sense. To which, Amar of Kahana, okay, fine. So that, 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 that's, how, that's what we understand in the case of a Shorhan Niskal. It's a very unusual case. Okay, now, going back to what we said before about Yom Kippur, Amar of Kahana, Amrisa Lishmaisa Kameder of Zvid bin Arda. I said that whole shear in front of Rav Zvid from the Arda, and he said, Wait a minute. A second. Can you say that our Mishnah, right, that holds that if you shecht an animal in Kippur, Yochayiv Dal Vehei, is like Rav Meir, but not like Rav Shimon? Vakatani Seifa, because in the Seifa said Rav Shimon Potter Rishnei Elu Michal Devikula Mas Nisan Modid. Sounds like uh, Rav Shimon agrees with all the other cases of the Mishnah. So Amalei Rav Zvid said to me, "Lo, no, Michal Demodid Betavach Machler Fu Vechlavim." He says that he only agreed with the cases where the thief slaughtered the animal, not for Avodah Zara. In those cases, right, he would disagree. But when he slaughtered it, what? Lerfu leklavim. The last, uh, no, the uh, the Rashi over here, eight lines up in the, in, in the uh, narrow lines, that that the idea is it was when he shechted it not for avodah zara, but when he shechted it for the dogs to eat or for therapeutic purposes, that even though it's ein ruya, right? This is typically, even though it's typically not ruya, this is considered a shechita ruya. And therefore, it is for that reason he's going to be Moke, Loke, Mashalem. So we leave you off right in the two dots over here on Ayn Aleph, Ahmed Bez. Have a good Shabbos.